Okay, so on the Mind of a Football Coach podcast, today we have Coach Brett Collier. He is the defensive coordinator at FPD in Macon, Georgia. This is Coach's third time on the Mind of a Football Coach podcast, and I know you will love listening to him. And he's he's even better the third time than he was the first or second time. So uh, just thank you all for listening. All right, so on the Mind of a Football Coach podcast today, we have Coach Brett Collier. Coach, welcome back for the third time. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it. Am I the first, uh, am I the first three-peat guest? So the other guy that is a three-peat is uh, Coach Joey Fields, who uh, is up here in West Virginia. She's the first non-West Virginian coach. That's a high, that's a high, that's high praise. You know what I mean? That's a, that's a big deal. Big deal. Yeah, that's not really it's not a big deal. But I think what's a big deal is that we're so such good friends that you want to come on because I mean, this is you're taking time out of your day to do this. And I really, really appreciate that. Yeah, well, I enjoy it. I, I listen to your stuff a lot and pick up a tidbit here and there. So if I could give back anyway, I, I'm happy to do that. So thanks for having me. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. Coach, you have moved since our last conversation, I believe. Uh, sure. If you wouldn't mind just giving the listener a little background about where you are, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah, so uh, last time we talked, I was at Eagles Landing Christian Academy. That's E-L-C-A, so we call it ELCA for short. Um, I was at ELCA, and that's kind of, for the listener, that's mine and your uh, connection. We, we both have done stints at ELCA with Coach Jonathan Guest. And um, I had a good – Great experience there. It's a really good school, good people, and uh, had a chance to come south a little more. And uh, instead of teaching five history classes, now I'm in the weight room for five periods a day. And I'm the defense coordinator at our school, which I was at Elka also. And the current school is uh, First Presbyterian Day School, so we call that FPD for short. And um, yeah, I'm here. I work in the weight room. I do all of our strength and conditioning classes. My wife is our school nurse. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a four-year-old in school here, and next year we'll have our youngest daughter in school here. So it's a good family place, good school, and we're re- really happy to be here. Yeah, man, I remember my first year at Elka. We went down and watched FPD, FPD play Pace Academy. Uh, this was years ago. But man, I was so impressed by the facilities and the school and – like what drew you to FPD? What made you say, "Hey, I want to"? This is a place I I want to be. Yeah, it, I, I really think it's a good family place. Um, and uh, you mentioned the facilities, and I think that's that the facilities are sort of a a glimpse into just the school tries to do everything first class. Mm. Um, so it's a first class school. Um, academics are really high. It's really a um, solid school spiritually, which mm. um, I really want to be involved in that. And uh, just good people, good family environment. So a little deeper into that, my wife is an FPD graduate. And oh, so that's okay. sort of how we got, yeah, that's sort of how we got tied into the family. Um, so she graduated from here in 2008. And uh, actually before I went up to Elka, I was here uh, mm-hmm. for three years before that. So I did a three-year stint here, um, had an awesome opportunity to go work with Coach Guest up at Elka. I did that for three years, and now I'm back at a place that's really not my home, but it is home to me. Um, mm. So we love it here, and uh, yeah, it's a good place. Yeah, man. I, you you told me your drive to Elka was what, like fifty, a hundred miles round trip every day? Is that what you said? Yeah, am, I, am I remembering that right? 
I was commuting up I-75 about about 55 minutes a day, almost just under an hour a day. Um, so I was driving from Macon to McDonough, and uh, man, I was on the road at like 5 a.m. and getting up there for film and, uh, you know, because we, we watch film before school with the, with the football team and mm-hmm. uh, doing that, teaching five classes, going to practice, watching film after practice, getting home late. And so that was just kind of taking a, wear, uh, you know, a lot of wear and tear on my body and um, was getting worn out. Then we had our second child and, uh, and we, we never really saw the Eagles landing thing as long-term. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at some point it was kind of, we had to make a decision about what we were going to do with our life, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, my wife was supportive either way. Um, but man, God just opened up an awesome opportunity to come back to FPD and shoot, uh, made more money. And I got to go to the weight room. So who wouldn't say yes to that? Absolutely. We're simple creatures as coaches, man. Give us a good schedule and a little bit more cash and we're in, you know, like give me that in good school or yeah, please, you know, man, that's awesome. Coach, talk about your head coach a little bit. Did he coach for Bear Bryant? Did I remember reading that right? Uh, So his name is Greg Moore and uh, Greg, Coach Moore um, was also an FPD graduate. Okay. And He's been coaching at FPD for longer than I've been alive. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. So it's just a ton of respect for him and, and what he's done in our school. Um, he's been the head football coach, the head basketball coach, and he's also currently the head baseball coach. So he's done it all. He's oh the athletic gosh. director. Yeah, right out of high school, he um, he got a job to go work at the University of Alabama. He didn't mm. work for Bear Bryant. Um, but uh, he worked for um, – Man, his name escapes me. Is it Gene Stallings? Is that who that is? Florida State and started the program. Um, gosh, his coach Moore would be so uh, disappointed that I forgot his name. Anyway, he yeah, worked in Yeah, he worked in the um, he worked in the equipment. Uh, he, he worked in equipment, and then eventually he got an on the field role hmm. and uh, just sort of like a student assistant. Anyway, he hmm. did that whole thing, and uh, ultimately. Uh, got out of the college world and came back to FPD and mm. uh, really never wanted to be a head football coach. He really loved basketball, uh, mm. but football kind of fell into his lap. And so, like I said, he's done it all. Awesome, man. Good family guy. Um, really good coach in a lot of different ways. And uh, I've learned a lot from him. That's awesome. Cause I think the name you're looking for is Bill Curry. Thank is that you the very name? Much. Cause he started the program at Georgia state, right? If I remember it yeah. right, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool, man. That's coach. awesome. So, but yeah, so everything, everything coach Moore does, he's got a Bill Curry story behind it because he was sort of Bill Curry's, he was, he was basically the assistant to the head coach. Oh, okay. So he would drive Bill Curry to the air, airport. He would go with Bill Curry to all his speaking events. And so, mm. uh, man, he's got a story for everything. That's awesome. Yeah. Coach, how has your philosophy changed since going from Elka to FPD? Has it changed? And then, you know, kind of talk about how your personnel may be a little different and, how maybe you call your defense has, has changed just a little bit. Yeah, that was uh, for the listener that doesn't know at at Eagles Landing. Um, they've been really, really good for a long time, and mm-hmm. so both the schools we're talking about are are in Georgia Class A private schools, which is the lowest classification classification in private schools are in a class by themselves. So, but at Eagles Landing, it's just south of Atlanta, and it's a good school with. Um, a lower tuition rate. So 
they get a lot of really, really good players. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for lack of better words, when I went there, we were just loaded, absolutely loaded. So um, I tell people all the time, my, my, my wife could have coached the defense and that have been just as good. But we had a it's lot not true, of success. coach. <laughs> we had a lot of success um, the three years I was there uh, defensively. And, um, and so when I came back to FPD, um, that was really the big question um, was, was I going to be able to do the same things uh, philosophically, schematically that I did at Eagles Landing uh, that I did, that I, was I going to be able to do the same thing at FPD? Um, mm-hmm. Because FPD, our personnel, we have good personnel, we have really good players, but we're, we're not, like my first year at Eagles Landing, for example, um, out of the 11 guys on defense, um, 10 played college athletics. And mm-hmm. the one that didn't, went to be a student somewhere and was a really, really good tackler. Um, but I mean, they're, they're all really good players. So we come to FPD and instead of 10, they're going to play in college. It's probably two. Mm -hmm. So, um, still have good players, still have really good personnel, but just not, uh, the depth and uh, Mm -hmm. just not what it was at Elka. So anyway, that was the question. And so I went in that first year, just, uh, kind of old school coach, what you know, and, uh, coach the heck out of it. And, try to get really good at it. And, um, and we did, and we had a really good defense, uh, my first year back here. And then this past season, um, we're graduating this year, probably our, uh, probably, I, I won't say the best, but top three football players in FPD history, hmm. you know, linebacker, and he's going to the Naval Academy and he led the state of Georgia in tackles in all classifications. So oh, when you have a guy like that, it's not hard you know, to get him lined up and just let him play. But so to answer your question, um, I was really concerned about that, but philosophy just really has not changed much. I still believe in really simple football, um, especially in the, in the level that we play. I still believe that fundamentals win and, um, you know, take care of all those things and get your guys lined up right and get them in a good position. Then you give yourself a good chance. So that's what we try to do. Still three three five because we were talking about that a little bit. Yeah, this we're still in the stack. Um, we're still in the stack. Um, I always in every off season I start thinking about different things we might want to do, whether it's three four or go four down. Um, and there's a lot of carryover between all those, but uh, yeah, at the end of the day, I've just stuck with coach what you know, you know, and I, I being at Eagles Landing, I I learned the three five and. Um, every every adjustment that we need to make out of it. So I know how to fix it if it's broken and I know what's going wrong and I know how to get it coached up. And uh, so right now that's what I feel most comfortable with. So that's where we are. That's what we're doing. It's not perfect. It's not a perfect defense. Uh, there are some downsides and there sometimes I get in situations where I wish um, we could do this or I wish we could do that, but um, it's been good to us. So I'm sticking with it for now. So what are the strengths of the three three five? What are things that – why do you like it so much? Yeah. I think it fits uh, – I've always coached in small schools. I never coached in a larger school. But I imagine if I coached in a larger school, I would still say the same thing because sort of the 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 version of three five that we run came from Camden County and Jeff Heron. And if you know anything about Georgia football, you know the name Jeff Heron, you know Camden County. And they were a big, dominant powerhouse for a long time. So – they would say the same thing that I'm about to say, but I'm strictly saying it from a small school perspective. You don't have to use as many linemen. 
Um, so you can really save your, your bigger lineman for offense if you need to. So it's a three down front. You're going to slant a lot. Um, you're going to move those guys up front. We just happen to have a lot of those types of bodies that are somewhere between 150 and 200 pounds everywhere I've been. Mm. And you sometimes you can call them linebacker types or whatever, but um, th those are our, our five linebackers. And we call our two outside linebackers dogs, and we call our three inside guys stacks. And um, we put our best one in the middle as the mic mm. and let him run. Um, and so, uh, anyway, it's just always fit. Um, everywhere I've been, it's fit our personnel and let us save some of our big guys to play offensive line. Mm -hmm. um, now they all they all train on both sides, but what I found is that um, outside of critical situations, those guys are strictly offensive linemen that we need on that side of the ball. So um, yeah, you can be smaller up front. Um, you don't have to use as many linemen, and we just always have those linebacker type bodies. And um, you and I were. I think we're talking about this, um, you know, the, the big negative to me about going three, four, and I know a lot of people do it really well. So I'm not, I, I just don't feel comfortable with it is, uh, you know, you got to have those two safety guys that I think are just real dudes. And, mm -hmm. um, and if you're going to play quarters, it takes a lot of time coaching it and they got to be involved in the run fit. And just personally, as a coach, I'm, I'm not there and I'm mm -hmm. not, I, I'm not getting that coached up right now. So with what we have and what we do, uh, three, five fits us. Yeah, Betty. It, we are three, four, but it's, we'll line up in a, it's basically four, four, because you're bringing the one right. backer and the safeties down to that side, or we'll play cover two and we can yeah. vary our blitzes a little bit. But like you said, quarters gets rough because there's a lot of, changes to that versus different formations i feel like that's why cover three or like cover two is easier to teach what are your thoughts on on that i mean you run a lot of cover three so you obviously believe in that yeah i, I do believe in it and um we try to coach the heck out of it and get really really good at it and it's mm -hmm. not perfect but um but yeah we we try to keep a safety in the middle of the field I, I was at a clinic uh probably two weeks ago and uh the defensive coordinator for or I think he's the co-defense coordinator at Liberty University. His name is Josh Aldridge. He was – they said they got in some trouble and they were trying to figure out what they could do defensively in a staff meeting. And um, now this is a Division One program. And he's talking to a room full of high school guys. And he was awesome, by the way. Um, but he said, man, we're, we're playing good running quarterbacks and we're basing out of quarters and everybody's looking at receivers and they're turning their backs and they're running and, you know, chasing receivers and matching routes. Good running quarterbacks are killing them. And – then they'd get in third and long situations and they'd, and they'd hit them with a quarters beater mm -hmm. and hit them with a post down the middle of the field. And they're mm -hmm. sitting around the staff meeting like, man, what can we do? What can we do? And, uh, you know, like every high school coach in the room is like, play three deep, you know? Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> he said that's what they did. They, they, they said, we need to just run some old-fashioned cover three. So he presented a clinic where he talked for one hour about cover three mm -hmm. and the way they did it. And it was awesome. But – um, man, that's what I believe in. Put us in high school football. Put a safety in the middle of the field. Um, don't let him get beat deep. Um, have two, two, two of your better athletes at corner, and um, you know, teach them how to read the quarterback and break on the ball and uh, break up when it's time to break up. But um, you know, play all the double moves and all that, and then just let everybody else rally underneath. And that 
like I said before, a lot of my anxiety coming from Eagles Landing was, well, that works really good at Eagles Landing when you got Division One DBs. Right. You know, but what about when you come to FPD and mm. your safety is also just the pitcher on the baseball team and or whatever, you know. And then right. I just found that for our type of kid that's disciplined and does things right and you can coach them hard and um, they tackle well and they, they're very coachable, man, it still works. So mm. that's what we're doing. That's awesome. Are you you're are you a vision and break guy or more of a pattern match guy? Yeah, no, we're all eyes on the quarterback. We're as old school as you can be, Zach. And mm. um, so everyone's got eyes on the quarterback, except our linebackers, right? They're reading guards, and mm. our outside linebackers are reading in man. But for our DBs, now we're going to teach our corner that if you've got two receiver receivers, you're going to see two to one. Mm. And if two breaks in or out, I can squeeze number one. Or mm-hmm. if one breaks in or out, I can squeeze number two. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, we are like the Liberty guy said it perfectly. I think he said um, they they teach them ninety nine nine ninety nine point nine percent of your eyes are on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. That point one percent, I'm just picking up in my vision what that receiver may be doing. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. I want to steal that. <laughs> That's good stuff, man. <laughs> Yeah. So if you get two verticals, corner squeezing two, you know, trying to take yeah. that away, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and we work really hard on reroutes. Um, mm. So our, our our dogs, which are our outside linebackers, you know, you say this stuff and it sounds so simple, but you coach mm. it all year long and mm-hmm. they never get it perfect. But uh, the simple things are sometimes the really hard things that i found. And uh, so you work really, really we, – we work really, really hard all year on – our dogs rerouting the number two receiver mm. and uh, man eventually as the season progresses your dogs and your dbs get the feel of what's that like when 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 the dog gets a good reroute and the receiver has to bend and run around him mm-hmm. the corner knows he can cover both of them and mm-hmm. so it's mm. not perfect you know we're, we're not undefeated on seam routes by any mm-hmm. means you know mm-hmm. we get beat on stuff, but but that's how we try to coach it yeah mm-hmm. Your alignment for your outside, your dogs, is that, are you inside shade or do you apex? How do you, what's your, what's your flavor on that? Base alignment is five by one inside the number two receiver. And if you don't have a number two receiver, we tell them if if you're, if you're into the boundary and there's Mm -hmm. only a single receiver, you can play four by four off the end man. So you're kind of in that hitch window. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's just say balls in the middle of the field and uh, you don't have a, uh, a number two receiver we're going to tell them it's a lot of game plan like if we're playing fpd we like to throw the ball a fair amount we're still going to play you four by four or four by five but uh man we go play a wing t team you're two by two and you're pretty tight mm-hmm. and you're really like an old school five three defensive end basically but um but yeah with the number two receiver we're five by one inside leverage and we teach them when the ball snap so you got inside foot up when and your eyes are inside when the ball snap you come to balance and we tell them to pop their feet so both their feet are hot right now um, and they're just popping their feet. And we, we teach them the reroute. They're going to just absorb that number two receiver. Like he's going to have to run through me or run around me. And then that's when I can get my hands on him. And when I'm on my way to my drop, I'm going to reroute him. Right. But he's got to run through me or around me first. And we say, if he run, if he flattens out and runs inside of you, you pass him off to the stack. Now he's the stacks reroute. Okay. The hardest reroute that we have, is when we get 11 personnel and we have to reroute a tight end. Because it's just really hard in high school to tell your stack linebacker, 
you got to read the guard for run and reroute the tight end. Yeah, that's rough. You know, but the really, really good coaches that, that coach really good throwing teams, what they'll do is when the ball gets on the hash, they put the tight end into the boundary mm. and they'll like give a flash fake play action to the field or something. And the tight ends open up the seam because our safety's cheating to the field. Mm-hmm. So that's been a really hard route for us to cover. And everyone knows it, but we just have to work really hard on it. Yeah, no doubt. Ends and base and five techniques, four techniques. What do you like? What do you like there in your in your stack? Yeah, base is a five technique. Um, mm-hmm. Now, when we start slanting, they're going to line up in a five technique, and when quarterback starts his cadence, they're going to they're going to slide inside to a four hour wherever we need them to be. And the same with the nose guard. Mm-hmm. So we give our nose guard freedom. He'll line up in a shade on one side, and when quarterback starts his cadence, he'll slide over to just performance alignment, get to where he needs to be. But I'd say, you know, I'd say 60 to 70% of the game we're slanting. Mm-hmm. When you teach that technique, are you slanting to a, a aiming point on the offensive lineman or to the, to the gap? Yeah, we're going to teach our guys, like our ends are always going to slant to a three technique. And we, mm-hmm. we teach them, you know, to take their step and take their hat and take their hands as if they're they, – you know, we don't play at even front. So, I mean, we educate them on what a three technique is, but they've never played a three technique. Mm-hmm. So we're, we tell our defensive ends, you're slanting as if you're going to play a five technique on the guard, you know, uh, and that makes sense. Okay. We tell them a three technique. They don't know. They don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. So slant as if you're going to go play a five technique on the guard. And so we're trying to get our hands on him. Now, if he blocks down, we're flat off his butt. If he steps to me, you know, I'm mm-hmm. getting my hands and my hat on him. The only thing that we can do different is, um, and this year we just had have a monster nose guard and a really, really good player. He'll go play college football somewhere. Um, huge, powerful kid. And so I wasn't real fired up about slanting him, mm-hmm. um, but I knew if we'd just line him up in a shade and, and let, we call it board drill. If we'd let him go board drill the center, he'd win. And so I would have a tag for him, um, and we'd mm-hmm. slant the front, but I'd give him a tag, and he'd just play base technique on the, on the center. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of our, our MO there. And that's awesome. Talk a little about your weight room. What do you like to do in there? Are you – like, what's your philosophy there? Because you're running, you're running that as well. Yeah. Well, I've, I've picked up most of my weight room stuff from – well, just experience myself, but um, from Coach Guest at Eagles Landing. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think he was a master at um, taking the time he had and the resources he had and just making the most out of it and, mm-hmm. and making those kids work. Um, every kid that comes through that program is a workhorse. And so I wanted to emulate that. We have really coachable kids that will do whatever I ask them to do. Anything mm-hmm. I ask them to do, they'll do it. So um, that's both a good thing and a bad thing um, because I got to be really careful about making sure we're not doing too much mm-hmm. um, because they'll they'll go as long as I tell them and do whatever I tell them. So mm-hmm. we've got to really be really careful about that. But basically um, what I've learned is that I've got to really make – uh, our workouts fit our space and what we can get done. Mm-hmm. Um, we're really, really fortunate. We're getting ready right now to redo our weight room. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we had a, a couple large gifts from some donors. And so we're getting ready to literally gut and redo the whole thing. So I'm going to have a few more options once we do that. But on Mondays, we're going to squat. And uh, Tuesdays, we're going to bench. And Wednesdays, we're going to power clean. And then mm-hmm. on Thursdays, we're going to bench again. And um, we don't lift on Fridays. And so we do that four-day 
we do that four day week year round, even in the summer. And um, all, all of our coaches and all of our players are really bought in. So uh, like we lifted today and our baseball guys had a game tonight. And zero kids you know, want to want to pull the coach. I got a game today. They don't mm. they don't even try that because they know if they go complain to their baseball coach, he's on board with what we're doing. If the basketball kids say something to their basketball coach, he's on board with what we're doing. So it's really, really cool that all the coaches are on board. And um, we're like most schools, we're on a seven period schedule. So mm -hmm. by the time kids come down to the weight room and get dressed and get in the weight room, uh, I've got a max of somewhere around 34 to 38 minutes, depending on what day of the week it is to get the workout in. Mm -hmm. And so, um, just like most, most everyone else, we just don't have the time to do, uh, to do too much. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, we get what we can in and, uh, you know, I think teenagers, when they work out, they're going to get, I'm, I'm careful to say this, so don't hear this wrong. Um, it, it matters what you do, but they're going to get stronger no matter what you do. You know, yeah. they're teenagers growing and they're eating and mm -hmm. they got hormones. And so uh, we've been really fortunate that they've gotten stronger and for the most part stayed really healthy. And uh, I think we see it translating with how they play. That's awesome. All you guys are on the same page because that is rare. That really is rare. That's fantastic. Yeah, and I, I chalk that up to good leadership from our AD, which is Coach Moore. Um, he really does a good job of making sure everyone's on that page and understanding that that's, uh, you know, working out. It's just kind of part of what we do. Mm -hmm. So the kids are born into it. Mm -hmm. Our county just hired a guy that runs it. He was a, a strength coach at West Junior Wesleyan. And that has changed the game for us because everybody's on the same page now. You're this is a program. This is what you're doing. Uh, so yeah, man, that's 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 fantastic. What so on Fridays are you like? Is it an agility day? Is it a rest day? What are you doing on the on that fourth day? Oh, the fifth day. Yeah, man. Me. Part of a uh, part of what I feel called to do. So the guys know every Friday when they come to the weight room, they all pull the benches out, uh, exercise balls, and the boxes and they all gather around and mm. um we do a devotional every friday so i mm. you know, I, I teach in a christian school so mm. i pull out my bible and and uh, we go to work for about 15 minutes on a devotional then they usually just go in the basketball and in, in the gym and, and shoot hoops after that and hang out but yeah we we try not to miss our uh, our uh, devotional friday um and that's been really really good for me and the kids i've really enjoyed it so there's been a couple of Fridays where I've been really lazy and you, know, mm. you get to that fifth period of the day and mm -hmm. you, you, it's like being a teacher. You've just said the same thing over and over again. You really don't want to do it. Yeah. I'm kind of being lazy and taking my time getting in there. And um, the, the kids are like, come on coach, we got devotional. I'm like, all right, let's go, let's get it done. But um, mm. it's been really good. But what I, what else I've, I've found that that fifth day to be really, really valuable is, you know, in education, you always got that. Well, on, on this week, you've got a you've got a Monday holiday, or um, mm -hmm. you know, it invariably happens. We don't want it to happen, but a kid has to make up a math test, and uh, mm -hmm. the teacher's like, "Well, come during weights." And uh, mm -hmm. so instead of instead of arguing with the teacher about that, I can say, "Okay, go go take your math test," and uh, or whatever it is, and then they always have that fifth day to catch back up if they need it. So. Mm. That's been good to, to have built in or you have a kid that's sick one day 
you know, he's always back on. Like, I had a kid today, uh, got his braces taken off. Mm. I'm not going to fuss at getting his braces taken off, but mm. tomorrow he can make up his workout. So it's, uh, that's, it's been good for that reason too. Awesome. Coach, what do you got cooked up for the, for the devotional tomorrow? What's, what are we, what are we talking about at uh, FPD? Yeah. So what we've been doing is uh, this semester we're walking our way through first John. So mm. um, we just finished first uh, John chapter two, like the first six verses. Okay. So we'll pick back up. Where we left off and, uh, and roll with it. We, the very first year I was here, uh, we started in the gospel of John and we went through a chapter a week hmm. and uh, just rolled with it. And uh, it was really, really good for me. And the kids really liked it. Then uh, last semester we went through uh, Matthew chapter five, the sermon on the Mount. And uh, we specifically just looked at the Beatitudes and took it verse by verse, one verse a week. Hmm. And uh, that was awesome too. So first John this semester. That's awesome, man. That's so cool. That's, that's such a, unique thing to Christian schools that you can do that because in public school, I'm not, you know what I mean? Like that's not something that is yeah. getting touched in, in that Avenue. You know what I mean? You can have some clubs and stuff, but that's really cool. Yeah. And it's not like all of our kids are theologians, you know, a lot of them could care less about me giving the devotional, you know, mm -hmm. but that's just my part of my ministry and part of the calling. And, um, I really enjoy doing that. Um, so yeah, that's something really special that I enjoy doing. Absolutely. Coaches, we, we land the plane on, on the podcast. I would love a nugget to a coach who's thinking about becoming like a coordinator. What can they do as a position coach to try to, to earn that? Because that's a, I mean, being a coordinator, I mean, that's a, that's a tough, a tough gig. That's a lot of responsibility. You have to have a lot of knowledge. What are some things that, that you did to get yourself ready to be a great defensive coordinator like, like you are? Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, that's a question I asked myself a lot, maybe like six or seven or eight years ago. You know, what do I got to do to do that? Because in, in some situations, you know, you, you feel like you're kind of hitting a dead end. Um, I, I would say always prepare like you're the coordinator. And that doesn't mean do your own thing. But if you're not the coordinator, you prepare in such a way that you're, that you're helping the coordinator get as prepared as he can be. And um, I remember um, – I guess it was eight years ago or whatever before I was a coordinator. Um, I almost think I watched more film then than I do now. I mean, I just mm -hmm. could not consume enough film. Now, I didn't have kids back then, and we were mm -hmm. just married. And so, uh, man, I consumed so much, and I was going to every clinic. I was watching all the film I could get my hands on, and I was studying everything. And um, and I've, I've, I tried to prepare every week like I was a coordinator and what mm -hmm. I would do and what I thought. And, um, I was really lucky that one of the guys that I worked for, um, he and I had such a good relationship that I could bounce ideas off of him. And, and he knew I wasn't trying to, he knew I wasn't trying to threaten him. And, uh, yeah. I knew that he had my best interest in, in, in heart. So, um, we worked really well together and I learned so much from him. And, and now that I'm at FPD as the coordinator, he coaches my outside linebackers. Oh, wow. It's a really special relationship, but, uh, Anyway, I would say you work as hard as you can as if you're the coordinator. And uh, one day the opportunity presented itself. Like I had to leave FPD to go be a coordinator. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and then when I, when I got there, I ran a def I was asked by the head coach to run a defense that I never thought I would have run. Mm -hmm. And, uh, man, I just latched onto it and learned everything I could and tried to do the, 
the best with what I had. And so uh, I know that was kind of all over the place, but, but um, that's, that's the best I can do. That's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, that's great. Cause I mean, guess loves that three, three, five. That's like his, his baby. You know what I mean? That was, yeah. that was no, his baby. No. Uh, I think yeah. I was a coordinator last year. They didn't run it. Uh, we were four, three press quarters. Uh, but yeah, I mean, then they went three, three, it worked for us that year, but I mean, it's just personnel stuff, but yeah, you guys were good that year too. And, uh, you know, it's funny story. Um, I was at FPD, uh, watching, uh, watching you guys as a four, three team. Mm. And when, when I got ready to go to Elka, I prepared this playbook, this four, three playbooks. I thought that's what guests wanted. Mm. And I was ready to, yeah, four three quarters defensive coordinator. And I was fired up, and because uh, that was in vogue then, you know, yeah, Pat yeah. Narduzzi was the man. Then, mm-hmm. you know? mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, first conversation he had me on the phone was, "All right, well, we're going to run a three five. And I was like, "What in the world, man? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what is this? But oh, I, I said, uh, Coach, I'll do whatever you need me to do. And Absolutely. so, uh, anyway, the rest is history. And that's Coach. I think. You know, us knowing each other, that, that that's what makes you a great coach. You're going to do what you need to do and get it done. And that's that's a that's a great character quality coach because not everybody has that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I just think uh, that's a good point. I think really good teachers have that quality, mm-hmm. you know, like a good classroom teacher. You know, the smart board goes down, whatever. You got to teach the lesson anyway, you know. We got to do what we got to do or – um so yeah that's i'm glad i was a classroom teacher before i ever went to the weight room Mm because you learn how to adapt learn how to deal with kids you learn how to manage those situations but anyway i know that's not where you're going with that but no i think um, it's great coach. that's good teachers are awesome teachers Mm -hmm. are the best Mm -hmm. really good teachers just cannot be beat they're they're awesome people i agree and the best coaches are great teachers right yep that's yep. awesome, man. No doubt. I love the stories of like the old football coach has been doing it for like a hundred years, but he's also like the physics teacher. You know, mm-hmm. I love those stories. Yeah, and yeah. you can find those types of guys everywhere. And mm-hmm. uh it's 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 awesome. A special group of people, no doubt. Absolutely. Coach, thank you for your time, man. I've I always enjoy talking to you and your your wisdom I know helps a lot of people that listen to the podcast. Thank you, coach. Yep. Thanks for having me on, Zach.